This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Laguna Talk. I'm struggling so much this morning. Um, apologies for the slight late start. I was trying to sort out the new graphics, new intros and all of that stuff and it wasn't processing for me, but it's fine. It was, everything was on my end. It was nothing to do with the design. It was just me forgetting I had to convert it from an MOV file to an MP4 file and then get it into StreamYard. It's StreamYard's fault. It's all what, let's just, you know, if in doubt blame Streamyard is the motto of this show um but good morning to those of you joining us in the chat box very much appreciate your time your support as always it is very much appreciated hope that you've enjoyed the start new premier league season do you know what else is Streamyard's fault i set up this show right i set up this show at 705 i think it was i think it went live 705 do you want to know what time the first comment Streamyard is showing me Remember, I set this up at 7.05. The first comment that StreamYard is showing me is 7.56 a.m. 50 minutes worth of comments have just disappeared. This isn't good enough, StreamYard. <laughs> this needs to be better. This needs to be fixed. You need to keep comments. I don't get why this is happening. And it's like, you know, it's not like it's loads and loads of comments, but 50 minutes worth of comments gone, deleted. It makes no sense. Anyway, YouTube, thankfully is a godsend and i can go back and look at comments left when we set up the show good morning to matt g good morning to guna jake good morning to carl and morgie paul we've got james uh snr we've got uh, pj we've got harvey lynn uh, kaiser tony louis uh, who else have we got matt tomo marcus josh jimbo wendy uh stevie roy and plenty more of you guys as well sorry that Streamyards is like doing you dirty but it is I'm going to speak to them. <laughs> I'm going to send them a rude letter. Oh, they're going to feel my wrath. They will. Anyway, uh, let's talk about yesterday's game. Uh, Arsenal winning 2-1 against Nottingham Forest in a scoreline. Let's just say this. Uh, in a scoreline that massively, massively flattered Nottingham Forest. Arsenal were dominant. Arsenal were just so in control of the game for 90% of it. Um, and ultimately came out with a very, very well-deserved three points that should have been far more. Uh, Matt Turner, goodness me. Uh, fair play, Matt Turner. And uh, I think he'll have a really good season at Nottingham Forest based upon that performance. Um, and certainly he is uh, hes going to be missed. Uh, I got the pleasure of speaking to him after the game. You'll be able to see um, 
those quotes a little bit later on tonight. But uh, yeah, he um, fair play to him for giving us his time because he was, uh, you know, he was kind of in and around, obviously in the mix zone. He was speaking to old teammates. His family were there still, obviously seeing him start in the Premier League for the first time. He came through the mix zone. I asked him if he had a couple of minutes to chat. And uh, he obviously had family there and he said, look, I'm going to go speak to my family, go speak to my friends and stuff, but I will come back. And fair play to him, but he did come back. And I had a chat with him and you'll be able to see those quotes uh, later on tonight when they come out. Um, but uh, yeah, overall, I thought it was a, a very good performance for 90% of the game and certainly was worthy of a far greater scoreline, was it not, for the efforts of Matt Turner. Um, the game was obviously delayed by half an hour because of issues with the ticketing system. Uh, it seemed like the kind of the, the new digital ticketing system kind of went down. Uh, I was in the stadium. I'm quite fortunate because I go through the, uh, the media entrance, so there's never any kind of queue. You just kind of walk straight through and just get your bag checked and stuff. Um, so I was in the ground and was looking around the stadium thinking where is everybody um, because it was really empty and there was only about 10 minutes to go and then I saw James but Nicholas's tweet um, which I'm sure most of you saw and, and obviously the messages from lots of fans and yeah it's something that obviously needs to get fixed it's only the first time it's been used but there is going to be there's going to have to be some kind of investigation into what happened, why it happened, how we stop it from happening in the future. Um, and hopefully, uh, hopefully we can do it. I am not flexing about my entrance into the stadium. <laughs> that is not a flex. It is my job. <laughs> All media friends, SK. Way, yeah. I, it's just the truth. It's just facts. I can't help it. That's that's where me and Harry Simeon, you know, if you're going to throw it my way, I want you hopping over to Chronicles of Aguna and giving Harry this as well, both going through the media entrance. That That's how we get in. Um, but uh, but yeah, I was in there looking around thinking how, uh, how uh, empty that the stadium was. And thankfully, by one o'clock, it had worked. But there's question marks about the whole system of letting people in. I spoke to some supporters who said that they were just being waved through, their tickets weren't being checked. And, you know, after what happened in the European Championship final at Wembley uh, in 2021, we don't want to see scenes like that at football stadiums again. It's too dangerous. There were, I've seen images, sadly, of people that were negatively affected by the situation and the, the how busy it was outside and, you know, these situations need to be avoided and they aren't laughing matters. They need to be sorted out as soon as feasibly possible. So um, hopefully uh, when the next home game is, which is obviously against Fulham, I'm sadly not going to be at that game on a, I'm on a break away from my anniversary, but uh, um, yeah, hopefully it is, it's sorted and it doesn't happen again. Uh, right. Let's move forward, shall we? Uh, Mikel Arteta's tactical twist. The lineup surprised a lot of people. Gabrielle was kind of a big um, talking point the evening before. And then obviously in the morning show yesterday, I talked about how that there wasn't an injury issue with Gabrielle. And that I'd not heard anything to do with an injury. And certainly that was the case. He wasn't injured, but he was on the bench and was replaced. And Thomas Partey started at right back, Rice playing at the number six, Havertz and Odegaard in the middle, and Ketia came in for... Very, very interesting indeed to see kind of why we went with that system. But it was evident from the first minute and from that first half in particular why we went with that system because we were so dominant. There was so much control that we had in terms of possession, so much um, dominance on the ball and the way in which we moved things forward. There was the only reason that we were given, I was told before the game, it was purely a tactical decision. 
Um, and I think it was a tactical decision that worked. I think these are the types of games against these sides in the bottom half of the table at home where we can afford to have an extra midfielder and only have three defenders on the field. And look, Ben White and Thomas Partey were swapping positions. Partey was moving into central midfield. White was overlapping Kabakaya Saka at times. It was such a fluid system that takes such a level of intelligent understanding of the game and of the system to be able to actually deploy and we did and Arsenal should have been up by way more you know by the break you know we should have been up by three or four by the break the xg was still incredibly low come there I think it was less than one uh come the end of the game and Forrest actually ended the game with like 1.26 I think xg which certainly uh flattered kind of the, what it was and sometimes I think if there's a game that shows you how xg is not a representation of what a game is. It was it was certainly this one. Saka was creating chances hand over fist. Havertz was creating a really good chance as well at the, on the left-hand side for, for Nketiah. Nketiah could have had more, but the goal that he did score, obviously, was fantastic. And in the Emirates Cup, and I told you after that game, you know, a lot of the questions he was being asked was all around, you know, are you able to fill in for Gabriel Jesus? Are you going to be able to step up and fill the spot left by Gabriel Jesus? And I stood there thinking, this must get really frustrating for Eddie Nketi because he's constantly being asked the questions about filling in for, stepping up for, can he, can he get into a position where he's ultimately doing, you know, what he needs to do and not have this narrative around him all based upon Gabriel Jesus? Well, he stepped up. It was a fantastic goal. I mean, Martinelli will talk about in a second how he set up the goal was was glorious. But it was a fantastic finish. I thought he was energetic. I thought he was late. Uh, I thought he was um, really good timing of his runs. Other than the one time he was offside, really kind of <laughs> really silly offside. He was so far offside. I think it was when Erdogan, I might have been Erdogan or White played him in now, shouting for it uh, so greatly um, that, uh, oh, nice. We've got people abusing in the chat box. Brilliant stuff. You can get rid. Um, but yeah, I think, when it comes to Eddie Nketiah, we need that type. We need that type of strong um, mentality that every single time he's been knocked down, he's come back. Every single time he's been hit back, he is ferociously trying to fight for his place. And, and that's really, really important. Uh, and I'm looking forward, hopefully, to seeing Eddie uh, continue in this role and prove people like my doubts about Eddie Nketiah in the past very, very wrong indeed. Uh, I'm hearing that there's a couple of issues connectivity-wise. There's nothing I can sadly do about that. Um, we must be going for a little bit of a, uh, a daft patch of the internet around my area. Apologies for that. Hopefully it's been recorded absolutely fine, though, and it'll be coming out fine once the, the live stream has done. But uh, apologies for that. We will model through. Uh, Bakaya Saka was always a danger. Always, uh, always a danger throughout the game and obviously scored what was a absolutely sublime finish uh his strike from that right hand side cutting in little assist for Saliba which my fantasy team very much appreciated considering we lost the clean sheet which would have got me a ridiculous number of extra points had I've had uh Saliba's clean sheet points as well but uh Saka's goal was just so good and I was talking to Andrew Arsblog when I jumped on his show during the summer window and we talked a little bit about Bakai Saka and I talked about the fact that I wanted to see these goals more. I want to see these types of goals where he cuts in from the right and then flicks round to the left-hand side and curls an effort past the keeper in Robin-esque fashion. And I know he's been really good with his right foot, and that's come from advice from Arsene Wenger about being better. Um, 
I think that Saka needs to be scoring these these goals more and we need to see more of these types of goals and and hopefully we do see these types of goals happen more because if we do we're going to be in for a real treat this season and I've challenged Saka to get 20 Premier League goals this season that's what I think he should be targeting I think Saka has to try and get 20 Premier League goals that's one every two games just over um, in the Premier League. And I think that he is absolutely within... No, it's within the realms of possibility for him to do that. So for me, he has to be trying to target 20 Premier League goals. And that's what I want to see. So <laughs> I've left it long enough. Gabriel Martinelli uh, has responded in a very big way because the calls for Trossard, the calls to to kind of see make the Belgian in the team has come from me. It's come from loads of people, and obviously he came on in the second half and was you know, lively as well. But Martinelli responded after what I think has been a relatively quiet summer from his regard. I know the the, the Man City game was good, the Monaco game wasn't particularly very good. Um, but Martinelli responds, and Arteta talked about uh, Martinelli actually as well, and talked about how like you, you can't not start him in certain games. He says, that's Gabby. He needs to be alive. He needs to be energetic. He needs to take chances and go for it. Something I really liked today and that I didn't like too much two weeks ago was that he was going uh, to give the ball away and he tracked back because this was the defining moment. When Gabby is doing that backwards and then forwards, he's one of the best players and one of the most dangerous today. When he's playing a different rhythm, no. And, and this was key. His recoveries were really good. He got back and was so strong in, in muscling players off the ball. And I love the fact that we had a Martinelli that does that, that, that is so direct in what he tries to do. And, you know, he really takes on board everything that he's being asked of by the manager and by the coach. And that is that is all you can ultimately want from a player is that he takes on board everything that he's being told, all of the advice he's getting from Arteta. And clearly against Monaco, Arteta felt he wasn't doing that. And so we spoke to him about that. And he's responded. And he's now doing all the things that we've come to expect from Martinelli. And we are benefiting massively from that. So, yeah. Overall, Martinelli, outside of the, the amazing roulette spin and assists, goodness me, that was quite something. Um, I'm so glad that Eddie scored that goal because it's one of those skills you see that's completely intentional. Some people might say, well, he's overhit it and got lucky. No, he knows where the player is. He knows that he's back healing it. He knows he's not. Because if he does, if he's doing a, a roulette spin where he aims to keep hold of the ball, you don't back heel it. You know, you roll your foot over the ball to keep it within your possession. But he back heels the ball on the roulette spin to try and get the extra momentum on the ball to play it forwards into a dangerous area and does that. You know, it's completely intentional what he's doing there. It's not done by uh, by accident in, in, in any way, shape or form. Otherwise, the way in which he would rise his foot over the ball to kind of take the ball into his possession would be different to the way that he executed the pass. And yeah, I'm so glad it was scored because those are the type of skills that are forgotten, you know, in highlight reels and stuff and are saved instead for Soccer AM. Well, not even that anymore because it doesn't exist anymore. But, you know, those uh, techers kind of compilations. But I'm so glad that we'll now be able to remembering that goal after what was an amazing, amazing piece of skill. Um, so, yeah, let's wait and see uh, what happens. Uh, Yuri and Timber, uh, however, at the end of the first half and then the start of the second was the subject of a of an injury issue 
Very, very frustrating. We're still waiting to get any kind of indication uh, about Urian Timber's injury. Uh, he was asked, um, Arteta, about the situation. He says, no, the officials, the doctors, they looked at him and they were happy to continue him as well. But straight away in the second half, the first action he made, a movement, and it was a bit funny. So we took him straight out. Uh, and now we have to assess him to see what he has. Um, we got to hope it's not serious. Now... If there's anyone that's good for kind of uh, assessing um, <laughs> assessing injuries and stuff, we know it's our good pal from uh, our Eat Sleep Arsenal Repeat podcast, uh, Dr. Raj Pral Bra. Um, and Dr. Raj uh, did tweet during the game and provided some insight on the Urian Timber situation only from video. And he can only look at it, you know, from video. Um, so it doesn't mean he's going to be right. Uh, but what he did say is that Timber grabbed uh, at the back slash outside of his knee slash calf. Didn't see much in terms of a twist. So my guess would be muscular or a dead leg from the first half knock. Neither Urian or the lead physio looked too pressed as they were coming off. But let's see. For further contacts, uh, context, sorry, uh, Timber hit the lateral outer aspect of his knee on the first half challenge that's similar to where he grabbed it when he went down in the second half and it was a very innocuous movement which leads me to believe it was potentially residual and related to the first one um in addition tommy was already ready to go again indicates that it wasn't something unexpected and just talking you through the thought process and we'll update as we learn more and i you know that's not to say that it's a guarantee that this isn't a really serious acl or mcl issue and that it is only a dead leg or a muscular issue it could be serious um but uh i have to ask the questions and i always will ask those types of questions i if that happens in the second half why take the risk you know you're tuning up at half time you've got kivior tomiyasu on the bench just bring one on. You know, you don't need to, need to take the risk with a player that's that important to us. Yes, Sinchenko is only, what, you know, days away from being back to being involved in things, we're told. But I just wish we'd... It's really easy to say this in hindsight. And he could have carried on in the second half and been great and, and never had an injury issue. But he did. And, and then you have to start asking those questions of why did we allow him to continue and when we shouldn't have done... Um, so it's really easy to say with the benefit of hindsight, but based upon how he went down at the end of the first half and he was on the floor for a long time, you're two new up, don't take the risk. This is why we've got depth. This is why we spent 20 million on Kivio. You know, this is why we spent 20 million nearly on Tommy Asu. It's so that we've got quality players in reserve so that we, if we have a risk, you don't have to take it. Why take a chance when you can take no chance at all? And, you know, I am a bit critical of that decision. And I think that maybe, you know, it's easy, as I say, it's easy to say with hindsight, but yeah, it's frustrating now, obviously. A shout for William Saliba. My goodness, how much did we miss this guy? <laughs> He's so, so good. Like the pace, the speed, the, the versatility he showed to be able to play in the left centre-back role as well was really, really good. His passing, his progression, the way he stepped out of defence. Really impressive performance from William Saliba. Stood out for me as one of the key performers of the, of the game. And, you know, when we go up against some of the big sides this season, he is going to be absolutely crucial. And I will, to the day I die maintain that the only reason the only reason that we did not win the title last season was because we lost William Saliba in those last uh, however many it was 10 games or so um, and had we have had Saliba I think we would have had enough points on the board to potentially win it um, so yeah so glad he's extended his stay so glad he's putting on these massive performances so glad that we had depth in Timber that's now sadly disappeared for however long 
amount of time. But Tommy Asu is back. Kiviori is obviously here as well. Gabriel is still here. And we've got options in terms of depth of what we want to do, which is important. I want to talk about Havertz um, because Havertz was something of a talking point uh, for many supporters. And this is the last point before we go to your questions in part two. Uh, I know I've not touched on every player that everyone's talked about. That's why we do a part two with Q&A. So no, I'm not giving people any special treatment. I'm just, you know, I'm picking up points that I wanted to discuss before we go into part two. Um, I feel as though Havertz is going to be something of the new Ozil um, for me. He split opinion massively. He's of a style and a kind of a demeanor that there are some shared, I think, is the lang the languidity, is that a word? He's quite languid sometimes. Um, and like he doesn't, he's not like the the burst of energies that like Trossard or um like Martinelli is. Um, and I think that misconception that sometimes he's just not like quick in the movement and a quick accelerator completely changes what is in becoming for me a really unfair overall view of the player just because he's not because he's taller he doesn't you know you don't perceive him to be that quick small dynamic player but he still is quick in moments he still does dart into situation wins the ball back when he was through on goal he darted in really well to get in front of the uh, the forest defender ultimately not as fast as Aurier in the end who got a really good tackling by the way people talk about the criticism of that one-on-one -on -one opportunity that he ultimately wasn't able to take I prefer to focus in on the defending of Aurier which was you know as a former Spurs player I don't like to to compliment them but Aurier did I think it was Aurier did fantastically well to get back and get a foot in so it's really, really difficult for me to find the criticisms that I see a lot of people kind of um, jumping to do because his passing was really good. His progression was really good. He set up a really good chance that Nketiah sadly couldn't take. He had a shot, obviously, that was blocked from outside the box. And I think that gradually he's going to get better. And gradually we are going to see him become a better player at Arsenal. Some people are unforgiving and they expect him to hit the ground running. And I get that because, you know, £65 million is a lot of money. I get that. But apparently, he's not a, apparently not a lot of money in the context of this window, really, considering we're seeing the amount of money being spent on Rice and Caicedo and potentially Lucas Paquetar. Um, you know, it's, it's apparently not a lot of money. It's £65 million anymore. Um, I think that Havertz is going to be an asset. He adds something different to this team. Um, I don't agree that with Don that he slows the game down. I think this is a misconception about just how he looks on the pitch. And it's a really easy thing to say he slows things down. I think he plays in the Arsenal style. I think you see what he and Erdegaard do in the passes that they play. It's not slowing the game down. It's finding the right pass to play at the right time. It's about accuracy. It's about incisiveness. If you are too quick at times, if you're too speedy with your decision making, you make more mistakes. And Havertz was key. If you look at some of the stats in the game in regards to his passing, in regards to his duels, he shows out really, really well. I think that some people at this point are already writing him off and so go into every game almost forgetting that he's even there, not paying attention to what he's doing, let his performance wash over them and then jump into comment sections or chat boxes saying, I didn't even know he played, which don't say something so ridiculous because he was really influential in the game and was useful. But 
until he does things like Martinelli and Saka, who are really impactful and dynamic and quick and energetic and, you know, so obvious in their play, you know, we're not going to see it as much. Now, I think it's a confidence thing. I think it's a form thing. I think he will get better. I think gradually as he plays more and gets more minutes, we will see a better Kai Havertz. But for now, I'm happy with what I saw yesterday. I'm happy with the contribution. And I think there are massively hyperbolic um assessments of that performance so yeah please 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 be positive about Havertz for now because we need to give the guy a chance right let's go to part two and your questions and thoughts right after this hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I am very, very excited for tonight. Uh, very excited indeed because it is our live show. I can't wait to see so many of you uh, this evening um, coming to listen to me, myself, uh, Harry Simu, FK, Mike Feinberg and Bailey Keogh. Uh, if you're coming along, please make sure that you've got your, your tickets with you on your phones. We will have a list of people that have, of course, bought tickets and the number of tickets that they have bought as well. So um, if you're struggling for whatever reason uh, to find it on your phone or whatever, we should have a list. Um, just make sure you bring your IDs and stuff and things like that. But uh, it's going to be great. We're going to talk about, obviously, yesterday's game in a lot more detail, get the thoughts of our panel, going to play some games. We're going to have some audience interaction. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fantastic. And uh, uh, if you are still thinking of coming, there should be some tickets still left on the door um, for you to, to purchase. So if you want to come along, it is at the Mild May Club in Newington Green. Uh, um in N N16, uh, I believe, yeah, N16, which is like people, you know, N5, N16, they're actually a lot closer than people think they are. Uh, it's because London's done in like a grid system along. Uh, I was talking to someone yesterday saying, where is N16? It's actually really close to Highbury. It's just because it's kind of one down um, from, from Highbury. So, yeah, make sure uh, you're coming along with your tickets all ready to go uh, because I'm looking forward to seeing so many of you and uh, very much looking forward to it. There will be a better ticket system than yesterday's game, Marcus. Yes, there will. Um, you don't need to worry uh, about that. Well, hopefully not. Uh, but uh, it should all be fine. I don't have si- I'd have to have sixty thousand names to hand, you know, to check. So we're going to have a lot, a much more intimate setting uh, than sixty thousand supporters to get through the doors. But uh, the doors open at five. Show starts at six. Do make sure you're in before six. And yeah, it's going to be it's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. Right, <clears throat> let's go to questions then shall we um let's jump into the chat box uh k dot says what do you think of Partey's performance at right back was it right back was it center back was it center mid he was everywhere thomas Partey did a fantastic job um i think that that role the, the the inverted nature of our fullback positions what i think was interesting about it is that we've asked the question can timber 
and Zinchenko play together? Well, if Partey's playing a right-back role in which he moves into the middle, then surely the answer is yes, no? Because Partey, yes, he's more physical than Timber and he can maybe be a better, more defensive player than Timber, arguably. But if Partey's playing and Timber's at left-back, surely we can use a system with Timber at right-back and Zinchenko left-back. And if that is the case, I look forward to seeing it because I think that that is something that we can utilise and use and and deploy. And, and I think that that's certainly, um, yeah, I, I really am looking forward to to seeing uh, what kind of we do with those fullback roles this season. So I thought Partey was good, but Ben White was also switching into the right-back role and, uh, and he was overlapping down the right flank. So we changed positions incredibly. I thought Ben White had a really good performance as well, besides arguably the goal that we conceded which we just stepped off and stepped off and stepped off. And then Awanyi uh, was able to kind of get in in front of Ben White, which really was a bit of a frustration. Um, Abbe says, Tom, the only criticism I have of yesterday's game is Arteta. Uh, this guy doesn't make changes at a proper time. He is not proactive. He's always reactive. Partey should have been subbed off earlier. Um, I, I didn't really look at yesterday's game and thought, that substitutions were a problem. I didn't feel at any moment in yesterday's game that, oh, why is Arteta not making a sub here? I, I didn't get that sense. So if you did, fair enough. I just didn't. I didn't get that sense. And you know me, if there's one thing I criticise Arteta for, it is his substitutions. So, yeah, no, I didn't get that. I, I didn't get the, I, I didn't get that feeling that substitutions needed to be uh, very different indeed. Uh, but, yeah, I guess we'll wait and see. Um Guns and Yellow Ribbon says, question, what do you think about the criticism of Havertz again yesterday? What were your thoughts on his performance and how do you think Arteta can get the best? I, I kind of touched upon that in part one um, with the Havertz stuff. I think the criticism is hyperbolic in short. And I think that Arteta is going to use him a lot at midfield, at potentially centre forward whilst Jesus is out uh, to get the best from him. We've got Crystal Palace away next. So I'll be interested to see if we go with Partey and Rice or we stick with Havertz in midfield. I'm very interested to see what we do in those away games at places like Palace where we've not had the best of luck. We did last season. Great result, 2-0. First game of last season, in fact. But yeah, let's uh, let's wait and see. Um, Paul says, uh, has Arteta's team selection yesterday sent a message out to opponents that he will keep them guessing, making it harder for them to prepare to play against us? I'm hoping that's the case. I want to see these one or two tweaks in the lineup every single week. I think sometimes you can be consistent, but making the one or two changes to the team is important to giving players minutes. But as you say there, Paul, is also about keeping you know, your opponents guessing and making sure that they are unaware of what you might do. And when they go into the game, that what they've prepared for isn't actually what is happening. So, yeah, I'm hoping that we do see um, some changes. It's not only a message to the opponents, though. I think it's a message to our own players to say that none of you have a safe, comfortable position you know in the squads and you are all at risk of losing out on your places as well um Zuntas is is it the end of Tierney because he wasn't on the bench I think I saw another question earlier on asking about Tierney as well as far as I'm aware he was left out of the squad only through a tactical choice he was it wasn't because of injury um it wasn't because of a transfer yet but Tierney wasn't in the team just because he wasn't picked he wasn't picked to be in the squad. And if you're Kieran Tierney, ultimately you want to play. Ultimately, you are going to be desperate to play. And I think that it's almost certain that he will look to move on between now and the end of the window. But the thing is that Arsenal supposedly are only really wanting 
a permanent deal. I think a loan move to the right club is not the end of the world because he still has, you know, three seasons left on his contract. Um, but I think that Kieran Tierney uh, simply just doesn't fit um, what we do. He doesn't fit what we are looking to to try and achieve with our fullback roles. He's a very, very likable player. His attitude is spot on. He always gives 100% when he plays. I thought he could have been at least on the bench, especially when Timber went down injured. I was thinking, we could really do with having Timber coming off the bench here. Um, but he just doesn't, Arteta just doesn't seem to fit. And, you know, whilst we can disagree with some of the things that Arteta does, one of the things that Arteta has done really, really well is build a squad and a philosophy that has completely transformed our level of competitiveness. And uh, Tierney, if he doesn't fit that, if the choice is between keeping Tierney or keeping Arteta and his philosophies, I think the choice is very, very easy indeed. And so, um, sadly, I think it will probably be a uh, it will be a Kieran Tierney moving on from the club this summer, and uh, that is something that people will need to to deal with. Uh, Harry says, uh, "How do you feel that Ramsdale Ramsdale played uh, with Raya being announced soon? He has to be on his A game every week, and could that goal?" have been avoided. I don't really look necessarily that goal as something that Ramsdale could have done too much to avoid um, being scored against. It was a very, very more focused on the defence side of things from Arsenal. You shouldn't really be conceding from your own corner. Um, we stepped off, stepped off, stepped off and White was a bit alone and Trossard was really the only one backing him up. You, you can't allow those types of breaks to happen and and White, I think, was was more at fault for the way in which he allowed Awanyi to get in front of him um, he shouldn't have done that. You know, he should have always been kind of in front of him, goal side, and trying to stop that. But it was still a very, very good counter-attacking goal, and you've got to give credit to the other team to score it. But no, I don't think that that Ramsdale was in any way, shape, or form being uh, having or rightly should have at any point had the finger pointed at him. I thought Ramsdale did good. I thought his distribution was great. There's a really good pass out to part on the right hand side where he kind of just flicked it round. I think it was a forest forwards, um, might be Brennan Johnson, um, to kind of flick through to Partey to set off an attack. His distribution was great. Um, so yeah, no, I never looked at Ramsdale and thought, oh no, this is going to be a problem for with Raya coming in. So yeah, uh, but let's see. Raya is an exciting signing and I'm looking forward to seeing what he can bring in the cup games and the Champions League games. You have to imagine that he's going to get those Champions League games to get him as many minutes as feasibly possible. So let's, uh, yeah, let's let's wait and see. Um, Yasser says, we won't win the league if we continue conceding at home. How can we fix that? We do need to keep more clean sheets at home. We absolutely do. We still have won, you know, loads and loads of games at home last season, but we also dropped points against Newcastle and Southampton and Manchester City. Um, and we need to try and turn those losses. But it was a really good counter-attack at the end of the day. And yeah, very, very silly. Very, very silly, sadly, to, to concede from your own corner. Uh, KSSM uh, YW says, on the goal, did... Did Havertz get a headbutt on the face in the opposition box and crumple to the floor? Isn't play supposed to stop for head injuries? Why wasn't the goal disallowed? I haven't really been able to get a really good look. Obviously, in the ground, I'm not benefited with... I know that we have the replays because I'm so focused on typing and when I was typing furiously about the goal. Um, I haven't seen it too much. He did go down holding his head. That was pretty obvious, but yeah. I don't know why uh, the player wasn't stopped if it was a head injury because he did go down holding his head. Um I've seen some people trying to blame Havertz for the goal. And I think that is like the perfect example of people that now are just producing the agenda, if you like, against Havertz, is that some people want to use 
um, <laughs> versus some kind of uh, lightning rod for criticism and uh, and talk about yeah him. Um, so very strange that Havertz was somehow blamed for the uh, <laughs> for the goal. I found that very very odd of people. Um, Zung says uh, now that we have to, a good second goalkeeper, we can win. Uh, in the FA Cups and the Cowboy Cups, even if we don't want to win these trophies. Uh, it is a trophy. And I think that when it comes down to using a strong second team, you're still not going to see like a whole 11 change. I think you're going to see some consistency. You might see like four or five or six changes, but you're still going to see some players continue. But the goalkeeping position is going to be one that will change, you know, because Raya is, is certainly a competitive keeper for Ramsdale and we're much more comfortable bringing him in. I remember that when, you know, we're in the Europa League, we get to the later stages, Leno would have played and Ramsdale then after him would have played as well. Um, even when we were you know, had a second goalkeeper like Martinez, for instance, he still chose the number one keeper in the latter stages of the European competitions. And I think that now with Raya, he would maintain that place. Or if he's become the Premier League goalkeeper, Ramsdale would go into the Champions League game. So let's wait and see. Um, yeah, so let's wait and see. Uh, Josh says, hey, Tom, I just read that Charlie Patino is leaving, has left on loan for Swansea, but I thought he wanted to leave the club. Yeah, and nothing really came forward, Josh. The opportunity to leave permanently in a deal that suited him and the club never came forward so he's left the club on loan and the club and he will be hoping that he'll have a very successful season that opens some doors either within Arsenal or other clubs based upon the performance that he has uh, in Wales this season um Derek says that fast break counter-attack was disappointing uh, we had four to six players running back and no one could get in front or make the pass or get off the ball yeah it was disappointing and hopefully it's something that we learn from it's best to concede those goals in games where you can afford to concede them and uh thankfully that was one of those games and hopefully we can learn from that and that'll be something that we can use to help prevent from that happening in the future uh christmas says tom there's talk that we'll go for a center back if we sell a few players but looks like sutalo is off to ajax simican is at rb leipzig who should we go for? I'd love to see Simakan come in. I think Simakan would be a great option for Arsenal to go and go for. But I don't know. I, I haven't seen um, and haven't heard myself that a centre-back is is on the cards right now. But maybe that will change. Sutolo was someone that we were interested in, but Ajax are very much closing in on on signing him. So, yeah, I, I, I think that certainly a centre-back could be something we move for, depending on how injured... Yuri and Timber is, but yeah, let's let's wait and see. Uh, Esmond says, yeah, this is crazy. Of course, Ramsdale will get the pass as our defence will get the pass as well, but no, some fans want to criticise Havertz. I know. It is amazing how much he's becoming a bit of a lightning rod, um, you know, for, for criticism. I think it is lazy. It's ironic, isn't it? People call him lazy. I think actually the criticism of, of Havertz in itself is quite lazy. Um, so yeah, I, I think that he was... You know, had a very, very decent game um, yesterday. And the numbers certainly support and back that up. Um, but uh, it's about whether or not you want to see the things. I saw a good compilation video this morning. Um, if you want to go and watch just Havertz's contribution to the game, there is a there are people that are putting, I think you were just typing on Twitter, Havertz against Forest or Havertz versus Forest. You'll be able to get the compilation on Twitter of what Havertz actually did. And then you can get a better understanding of what he did alone. And he probably did a lot more than maybe people are giving him credit for. But there you go. Uh, Lynn's been a member for 13 months today. Uh, great stuff. Lynn, I hope you're in contact with Morgie and that you can get yourself uh, and uh, down to the, the show this evening. Looking forward to seeing as many people as possible, of course. Um, 
Tom says, I wish you did the away kit branding. The guy that you've got helping you is so good. It would have been cool to see how they'd have done it. Uh, yes, uh, on that, I'm looking forward to, of course, uh, delving into our giveaway that will be launching in hopefully next week. I want to be able to launch it and I'll be able to give you more details about who exactly is behind our designs and how you can get your own brand, company, uh, even channel if you've got one, uh, all given new designs as well. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, in the near future, and I'll be able to give you more information about that when it comes. Uh, Inkstamis says, Morning, Tom. Do you believe that Havertz will be our version of Roberto Firmino when playing as a number nine rather than a 20-goal-a-season striker, especially as the majority of our goals seem to come from wide positions? I think there is something to be said about that. Firmino, very collaborative. Havertz also very collaborative as well. Um, so maybe, but I would like to see Havertz start getting on the score sheet as well. We had a couple of opportunities, obviously, against Man City that he sadly couldn't take. Um and he had a couple of opportunities yesterday, but they were much, much trickier ones. And uh, yeah, I, I'm really, really thankful that we've got a player that B-Buck points out saying that his on-the-ball or ball-winning abilities are what are really strong. So yeah, the uh, the kind of the, the the recovery side of his game, the, the tackles in the opposition half, also very, very good indeed. Uh, let's go. We aren't going to be going too much longer. Um, and let's... Let's go to some of the questions uh, further down the chat box, and then we're going to wrap things up. Uh, Chris says, Tom, will you be watching the Saudi Pro League games? No, <laughs> probably not. I'd have time to watch them, even if I wanted to. So no is the answer. Uh, Gunnar Lad says, why do players always get injured when they come to Arsenal? It's so frustrating. Havertz had a good game. A couple of times he chased through a ball over the top, had a bit of pace on him as well. Um, I don't, on the injury side of things, I don't know. I don't know why players get injured so quickly when they come to the Arsenal. It just seems to be incredibly, incredibly bad luck uh, on our part, which is a real shame. Uh, how many goals uh, minimum are you expecting from Havertz? I want him to get into double figures this season. I'd like Havertz to get into double figures. That's what I think the target should be. Erfan uh, says, how many goal contributions do you think Rice will get this season? I was quite pleased with his all-round game yesterday, including him getting himself to a good goal-scoring position. Yeah, very unlucky, actually. Turner did very well with two of his shots to save them. Um, the second one in particular that was kind of, or the third one that he kind of hit near the right-hand side post, that was unlucky. Uh, I think he's, you know, he's really desperate to score and get into those areas. So let's see. Um, but his contributions overall in the game, again, I thought was really, really strong. Um, five says, how many outgoings do you think we'll see toward the end of the transfer window? A, a few, you know, Lukonga Tavares holding maybe, it wasn't in the squad, Tierney, Balogun. I think we've still got lots still to see move on. So, yeah, let's let's wait and see. Anyway, uh, thank you to everybody um, that has tuned in today. Very much appreciate your time. As always, if you've disagreed with anything in today's show, make sure you leave your comments down in the comment section below. Try to explain them um, rather than just leaving things like, Havertz was bad. You know, tell me your reasons as to why. You know, Give actually explanations behind your points. That's what I want to see. Um, so yeah, leave your thoughts down below, please. Uh, of course, if you are coming tonight, I look forward to seeing you. I'm very excited about it. Uh, it's our first attempt at doing something in the flesh, in person. And uh, however many of you that are going to be there, I'm very much looking forward to putting on a show for you tonight with some fantastic guests, some great Arsenal chat, some drinks, some you know, some good conversations. And uh, yeah, get yourself down there. If you haven't got your ticket already, you still can. And you can still buy a ticket on the door as well. Just make sure you bring a device so you can scan the code and get one. Um, but it's the Mould Maid Club um, in Newington Green tonight, 5 p.m. Uh, doors open. Show starts at 6 
Um, and uh, yeah, it should be should be really, really good. I'm very much looking forward to it. I should say, actually, uh, sadly, Daniel Robert, who's one of our longest time listeners, uh, is not uh, is stuck in Mallorca, believe it or not. Of all places to be stuck, he's stuck in Mallorca. So uh, his ticket is available if anyone uh, just couldn't afford to get the ticket for whatever reason. Um, but you'd like a spare one, or you'd like to be uh, you'd like to be the reciprocant of a free ticket. Drop me a DM on socials at the Guna Talk TV on Twitter or at the Guna Talk on Instagram. Um, or if you're in our Discord server, you can message me directly on Discord. But we do have one uh, free ticket available for tonight's show. Um, so do get in touch if you would like to take that. So, uh, yeah, lovely stuff. All right. Uh, that's going to be that. I will see you all tomorrow. I will see plenty of you tonight. Have a great day. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.